0: Welcome to the L1A Podcast, a space to connect, communicate, and collaborate for the advancement of the kingdom in North America and beyond. Here we will discuss the disciple-making movement that is happening in this Western context and the return to God's design for discipleship, church, and life. So Guy and Kelly, here's the thing is, uh, for me, not knowing you super well, But getting to hear that you guys have been faithfully laboring in movement sort of stuff for how many years now?
1: Roughly since since we began in 97, really got connected. In 99, and really started learning and moving in that direction. Um, That's awesome.
0: Here's my question, what has that been like for you as a couple? Like to get to do this together, what does that look like for you
1: guys? I mean, first to me, I think when we talk about movement, it has to be Lord moving me, you know, our personal transformation of us encountering God and trusting his work in and through our lives. Uh, And then together, us being on this journey together and just wanting to see people reached the gospel go forward. And then we had an encounter in in the Horn of Africa that broke our heart for the nations. And that went from where we were locally to globally, both here to there, and then and then it just flowed out of there. We just started learning. Yeah. You know, We'd already were embracing a lot of the principles in, in the first church plant that we had in 1997. But then, it, then I think the Horn of Africa was a key piece and even expanding it wow. and this whole desire of doing here and there. And, and then that just led to a lot of other stuff. Okay.
2: I would say it's been amazing. The fact that we are able to do it together. I think about when guy went to Ethiopia for the first time. If I would not have been able to go on that trip, yeah. It might have been a completely different picture because together God broke our heart for the nations and for the people of Ethiopia specifically. And we have an adopted son from there and just um, our path might have been completely different. But because we were able to do that together, it made such a huge difference in experiencing that together. So a lot of what we've done has just been through our everyday life. Yeah. Um, I think that's always the key thing I want people to know is you don't have to have any special powers, yeah. uh, just Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But a lot of this we overcomplicated. It. It's the thing I think that's been yeah. about our life is it's been it's been yeah. simply our life. Yeah, we just do it together. Yeah, in whatever we're doing. Yeah, and it's been amazing.
0: That's awesome. Okay, so I want to ask you kind of an interesting question of what's awesome to see you guys. You need united in doing the work. I'm sure you run into this um, where you come across a couple that maybe the husband or the wife is very also wanting to dive into more movement, emphasis, multiplication, but maybe the other spouse just isn't quite as much. What goes through your minds just a little bit when also you run into that? Like, what are some of those things that, that
1: you wrestle with or that you would encourage in for that person? Sure. I mean, I think some of it is in the ebb and flow of our life of of 30 years of marriage and walking out of our faith together. We've just worked together as a team and had different goals. Yeah. Sometimes I work three jobs, Yeah, you know, uh, sometimes she would work. And so often we had the privilege of doing it together. And then sometimes it was as individuals, we'd go out to deal with different things. But always we've been united together, one in and trusting Christ together in our marriage and having a Christ-centered biblical marriage and it flow out of that. So if we're talking about people who maybe not united around that, that's where I would start. But if it's really a different role thing, I would let them be okay with affirming who they are and functioning that way based upon their uniqueness, gifting and how God wanted to use them together. But more than anything, we've just said, we're gonna get the job done together and do whatever it takes. And we've had been flowed, you know, different responsibilities as getting it done together. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, I think that's a lot of it is just digging deeper with the relationship with these two people and finding out the why. Yeah. And maybe the why really isn't a problem. Yeah. Like I said, maybe it's just that this person has a different role that they should be functioning in. And I think um, often, like I work with some of the women in uh, one of the, the networks that we work with and and I watch them and a lot of times I think sometimes maybe a husband might want their wife to be the same as them. Yes. Yeah. Or vice versa. It could be that the wife is more active in this and the husband is not and they wish that it, they were. Um, and I think just like I said, is affirming that when we embrace just how they're, each of us are supposed to be, it becomes then you really are in it together. Yes. Even if it's not exactly yes. the same thing. But when you are always looking at it, if we're not in it together because we're doing different things, then it becomes divisive. Yes. Sometimes it is. Sometimes yeah. there yeah. might be some division, but when you can identify really the why.
0: That's good.
2: It's yeah. the core of it. it yeah.
0: is. That's really good. Yeah, I think one thing that, that we've seen as well is when... A gifting that I might be living into. I want to in, try to impose that same yes. gifting, that same yes. thing upon my wife or vice versa. Yes. You know what I mean? Instead of realizing there are different gifts that are going to contribute to movement, to mm-hmm. disciple making and, and helping to realize exactly the same way that I would do this might not be the same even for my yes. spouse. Yeah. Everybody
2: doesn't have to be me. Everybody does no. to be you.
1: Yeah. And I think to, to me, you know, washing my wife with the water of the word that Ephesians 5 piece about marriage is to basically to to listen to God, to speak His truth over her, but out of her identity of who she is, that's what I need to affirm her. And so who is she, how is she made, different temperament, yep. gifting, and all of that. So part of my role is to speak, affirm, and encourage her to walk in that. And we do that together with the mutual submission that it talks about i feel like a key role that a man who's secure in christ should be securely speaking life into his wife and releasing her to be whoever god created her to be that's so good yeah for
0: a big learning point for me and my wife was realizing there are different seasons in ministry and also those are going to require different demands either from me or from her yep in how we are still knit together as one to be going forward as one. I, I remember a, a season where there were a lot of women around that she had the privilege to get to pour into. And it felt like a little lighter season, so to say, for me. And then there's been the reverse where there's been more men around that I get to walk with. Right. and But that we have learned to, to share in the fruit together. That we are in this uh, together. Uh, a separate question that I think is, would be awesome to hear your insights into is you guys have done this in the context of, of course, heavy into the harvest. You've done it in connection with traditional, what people might call legacy church, things along those lines. Um, you've got to do this in Houston, other places. How, like, how has that gone being and operating with a movement mentality, a multiplying mentality, well, in connection with uh, traditional legacy church? And just give us a little of what goes through your mind with that, and then how do you how do you share a vision grac- graciously with our brothers and sisters who are who are meeting in the, the more legacy sort of sense? Yeah,
2: I just, I think about what we talked about in our earlier communication is just around honoring one another and our communication and yeah. the why. Again, yes. to come back to the yeah. why. And I don't mean the why like I'm questioning about why you believe what you believe, but just understanding people's story and and why they've arrived at the decisions that they've arrived at. And, and, and when you really ask people and generally want to know why they do what they do, then your response is going to be completely different. Because my tendency is going to be to automatically react or respond to what I believe to be the situation. But when I hear someone's story, then I find out, well, my answer is completely different now. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of it is out of honor and respect and listening uh, yeah. first yeah. before I make any preconceived judgments yeah. or ideas about why they should or shouldn't be doing what they're doing. Yes. And I yeah. believe just to, to add on to that is just when sharing a vision that it's it's what God has put on your heart and not trying to impose that yeah. on other people. Yeah. Even if I do believe that it is a commandment, maybe yeah. from the scripture. But holding that very loosely and knowing that God has to work in all of us yes. in his own timing, yeah. and still just and knowing that God right. uses everything. I mean, I was a wreck when I first came to Christ and God used my direct bluntness to help other people get one step further. Yep. And he still used that and he can use all of us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that in the early days, particularly in the 90s and kind of the early 2000s, even some in the 2010 or eleven. There seemed to be among movements, Michael Church, Simple Church, this kind of railing against the, the raging against the machine kind of thing. And what we kept saying is let's not be against. Let's be for what God's called us to be and call others to join us that want to join us, but let's not be against the family. That that does us no good. Let's be for what God called us to. And if we have any protest, let the protest be in the excellence at which we live our lives, that others are challenged to join us or live their lives under the excellency of Christ. And so that was just a little bit of a different approach, I felt like, than what we were experiencing. This whole, well, this is against this instead of being for what God's called us to. And I think that was really helpful as we did that people begin to respect us and work with us. One, because we were willing to be relational with them, whether they did things differently strategically or modality, the different models. But we were saying, this is what we're for. But we're also for the kingdom in our city yeah. and around the globe. Yeah. And I felt like that attitude helped us work well with others. Yeah.
0: What have, what have been some of the 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 blessings and also some of the hard parts of working together with kind of a a mindset in both of those. Like I said, you guys have gotten to have your feet kind of in both those worlds. What have been some of the blessings? What have
1: been some of the hard parts in the midst of that? You know, the hard parts in the early days was, you know, considered a cult leader, you know, know, things like that. Yeah. Have have been, you know, very difficult. Feeling lonely sometimes when... Even though we, we had others who were joined with this, there was uh, often not others who were doing this in other leaders. And so it just, it just felt very lonely at times. And so those, those things, I think, were very hard.
2: I think movement takes a lot of investment. And so we spent a lot of our time deeply investing in people that often would leave and, 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 and would leave and go a completely different direction. That was blew my mind. Um, and really hurt me. And not and hurt me not Well, for multiple reasons because I, I was afraid for them the direction they were going, but also just because it was a deep commitment that was, you know, that was abandoned. Yeah. But with the commitment, one thing we've always said is that I'm committed to being hurt. Meaning I'm not going to become cynical and stop That's investing true. in yeah. people just because, you know, because a lot of times our response is I'm not going to do that anymore because yeah. it's just I'm going to be hurt. Well, we are going to be hurt. But that's part of what it means to, to die to ourselves for others.
0: That's a good, I think that's a really good word. And even what you talked about with like the loneliness, I still think in terms of, I mean, you guys have been doing this for a long time, but in comparison to the the United States kind of North American context, this is still pretty young. Mm -hmm. And so like that, that journey at times can actually be quite lonely. I'm curious, how, how was that for you as you're laboring together? How was some of that loneliness? that you kind of endured as you were laboring
1: in this way? Yeah, I mean, there, there was a great deal of loneliness, but one of the things I'm really grateful for is even though um, I was doing things very different, I was still remain connected to legacy leadership. Yeah. And there was some that may not have been doing what I was doing, yeah. but because of our willingness to love one another and encourage one another, there in our city, there was uh, leaders that at least we're willing to say, guy, that's amazing what you're doing. I'm not doing it, but yes. that's amazing what you're doing. I was grateful, at least I have a few leaders that did that and a few elders that actually blessed it and said, we need something new and different. And that, that really helped me, even though there was still this pioneering, yes, it's, uh, it's hard to explain. Loneliness is the only thing I grew up with just feeling like, you don't want to get into this whole woe is me under a juniper tree, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> um, like after your Mount Carmel experience, but, but, you know, I feel like that, that even in that loneliness, at least I had some people around me encourage me. But there was nothing like the encouragement that I think it was in Florida. There was a strategy coordinators gathering and Steve Smith was there. And I was around the table of people who were doing it as I was doing it. And I just started weeping because it was like, man, I don't I don't get to experience this except when I'm in Ethiopia. And yeah. it just really touched me. Wow. Yeah. And how about for yourself?
2: Um, I think the thing that made the big difference for me is that we were honestly, we are best friends and that we had each other. I mean, we are both of the belief that we're going to go to battle together and whatever that takes. And so knowing that we have each other's back uh, makes all the difference in the world. And also, I think just realizing that we need people, but we don't need people in the sense that. When you get to the place of not needing man's approval, and that would be a lie to say that there still isn't that sting of wanting man's approval. That would be, I I don't want to give unrealistic expectations, but I think what I said earlier about going into things knowing there'll be pain kind of helps you just go, okay, there will be, and we'll face that, and we'll face it together, um, makes a big difference. And and the other thing I'd say is that idealism is a killer. Yeah, especially in a, especially when you're you're younger and you have idealism about how things should be, mm-hmm. will really kill movements because the truth is it is very messy. Yep. and when you hold up an idealistic standard, often we really get crushed. And I think when and we did, and through the years, and realizing that you know, yes, there might be a pure way to do this but there are still many approaches that are still winning people and that we yes. need to be careful about holding idealism so tightly because it will it will really crush
0: you. Oh, that's good. That's good. In the in the conversations that then we, we have with brothers and sisters who are being the church in different ways, um, you know, we, we use words just very, I, I don't want to say flippantly, but there's just our, our Christian language is we just throw out like disciple. Right. You know, and we throw out the- Yeah, wow. D, Yeah, dude, all the three-letter acronyms CBS. that are out there. Yeah, yeah, or, or the word church, or the word multiplication or movement are things that come out, and I feel like they're only growing in popularity, some of those terms. Right. How important do you think it is for us to actually really weigh what do we mean when we mm-hmm. use those words? And even some of the people maybe we're in relationship with to, to talk about, hey, when we speak of this, here's what we're referring to. Mm-hmm. What what are some of your
2: thoughts on that? Well, one, I think it's very important to define what they mean, but beyond a definition is what is the action behind that? Because it's been my experience recently that I would say a lot of the people that I know would say a biblical definition of discipleship is, and it would be very similar. But then what does that mean about how we make disciples? So then the question goes even deeper, well then how do we make disciples? So that's just an example because the how is where things really get
0: messy. Yes, that's good. Anything to add to that? That's pretty good.
2: <laughs> yeah, that? I'm living this right
0: now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we have the, this a very similar sort of thing. That we can go around and, and talk about and actually say a lot of the same things and even at times mean the same things. But until we get to the place where we can actually be practicing those, mm-hmm. we know that that's where we're going to see what we see in the Word, what we see, what our hearts are longing for. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I think what I heard you guys saying is to define terms can be important, but almost what's more important is are we living out the practices yeah.
1: from that's those that's terms? They so. get
2: to that. That's yes,
1: good, for sure. And I mean, we all have cultural language, and I think we forget. Yeah. that the language we use is not yeah. common to those outside of our culture yeah. and that we have to live, live, demonstrate, and communicate with words and actions in such a way that help people understand what we're talking about. Yeah. And so you have to see it. I think we rely in Christian culture too much on exhortation and not enough on immersion, demonstration, a lot of things that... It means to live it out. When you live it out, people can actually touch it, feel it, see it, rather than just hear it.
2: Guy always says that exhortation without demonstration leads to frustration.
0: That's good. And yeah, it's really yeah, good. And true. it's so yep. true
2: that if you just tell people how to do things, but you don't demonstrate it to them, then they never really get it. So they get frustrated. You'll see people just say, I just don't get it. I yeah. mean, I just can't get my head around that. Yeah. And so.
1: And they say don't work, you know, things like that. They've never seen it. So how do they know? Yeah yeah
0: um, the one thing that I, I just want to ask of you as well is well first it's just to say praise the Lord like for you guys to have labored for as long as you have to really be pioneering pressing into some things in the United States when quite frankly not many others really were like you guys have been warriors on the front lines for a long time. In I just, you're
2: making me sound hope. No, no, I don't mean that. I don't <laughs> I mean that that way. You. I mean
0: that I mean just in the sense of like, praise the Lord. You've gone. You've gone before many others and have helped to set an example. That honestly, in blazing those trails, you make it easier for the people who come after. It. That's good. Um, Thank you. Partly from what you've learned and have gotten to pass on to others but also just giving, your practice of doing it gives permission to others to do it. You know what I mean? Yes. So, like, in sincerity, thank you for doing that. If you were to give an encouragement to the to the bride of Christ throughout North America, I know that's huge, What would be
1: one of those things that'd be burning on your hearts? Like, I just, you know, Jesus is enough. We need to do the right things for the right reasons, no matter the results. I think Western people want to say, what is it that works and makes us big rather than why don't we pursue Christ and where he's at work and ask him to do a movement in us? And I think we get caught up too much in numbers and size of organization and that kind of thing rather than just walking in a relationship with Jesus and others. Then modeling what it means to love God, love people, make disciples who make disciples. You know, hear, obey, share. Those simple things are worth it. And Jesus is enough. uh, It's based upon what he's called us to do, what we hear him say us to do, not what everyone else thinks we should be doing.
2: I think just to tag on to what Guy said about we have to do the right thing for the right reasons, no matter the results, there are many that went before us yes. that never saw the results that what they And I think that we have to know if we're going to identify with these people, that we have to know we may never see the results. And so we're not doing it for the results. We're doing it because what God has asked us to do. And we will see um, the benefit of that one day. It may not be here. So it requires a lot of patience to not always expect results. Yeah. And, um, and there are results, though. I mean, it's just that we, we weigh and measure results in a different way, yep. especially in the West, because like I said, we want everything now. We want it yesterday. Um, and so we have to be very patient with that, that the results are not always going to be what we expect or want. Um, but it is well worth it because when you pour into people and their lives are changed at any level, it's it's well worth it. And not to give up. Don't grow weird because yes. there will be, we will see in due time.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Sincerely, thanks for the laboring that you guys have been faithfully pouring into. Um,
2: well, thanks for carrying it on for us. That yeah, not,
0: yeah, for us. Yeah, that's what I Because,
2: yeah, it's going to take everybody yeah, carrying yes. on to the That sure. is generations. Yes.
0: Yeah. For let sure. me uh, Let me just, I just want to pray over you guys. Thank you. Pray. Jesus, I'm truly honored by Guy and Kelly. I thank you for your Holy Spirit being upon them, the times where they got to see great success as well as their faithfulness when it was really hard. And I pray for uh, their labor ahead of them, God, that you'll continue to give them strength, that they'll continue to run the race with perseverance, with endurance. And God, I pray that many would would take note, would learn from, would see, and would, would follow suit, Lord God. Um, Even as uh, the Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And I pray that others would see what Guy and Kelly have have done and would follow them as they follow Christ. And so, Jesus, I pray over the network uh, that they've gotten to pour into, and I ask that you will continue to use it, um, not just, of course, not for their names, but for your name, your glory, Lord Jesus. So may your hand be upon them, the laboring throughout Houston and beyond, It's in your we pride. Amen. Thank you for listening to the L1A podcast. If you are interested in learning more about this topic or getting connected with other disciple makers in your area, visit loveoneanother.life. Again, that's loveoneanother.life.